You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Okay, well, welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. This week, uh, we're doing our recording over Zoom, so if our audio sounds a little bit different, then uh, the content will be the same, so stay with us. I'm joined... As always, by uh, Stephen Vicky from there in Reno right now, and I'm still hey guys. in sunny California. That's How are you guys? Right now, Reno. Yeah, we're in Reno, Nevada. There you go. There you go. How- and we are literally phoning it in. Phone it yeah. in. How is your trip going so far? Lovely, relaxing, wonderful weather. Just what we get away for in our trailer. Today's actually our, our son's um, 39th birthday. Our son has Down syndrome. Yeah. And today, it's kind of funny because the day when he was born 39 years ago was not the best day of our life. No. And now it's become the best day of our life. It was a butt kicker, but it was God's gift to us. I mean, absolutely the best gift we've ever received from him. Yeah. So we're waiting. He's going to come to uh, Reno with us. We're going to have dinner with trailer. him here tonight. Yeah. So yeah. we're excited. Maybe you can... Uh expand on that a little bit just the journey of you saying it wasn't the best day but now it is the best day can you share well, that on a little bit? I mean, there's a lot of people that don't really know don't really understand how the times have changed and back 39 years ago your babies were born you didn't know their gender yeah you didn't have any clue that there was a birth defect of any kind or a birth change right. different a different thing and we have since learned that this different thing this extra chromosome of love that is some kids are born with yeah um showed up i mean mark came into the world and i saw his face and said what the heck's going on and i i went through i went through just disastrous struggle i didn't know what to do vicky's holding him saying oh look he looks chinese you know or he looks asian or something and um and because he has different his eyes aren't shaped the same mm-hmm. as ours and, and it's just like you know like what you know I, what's this is crazy something's different something's Something's different different, and his fingers were curled and he had he has different all the down syndrome traits Mm -hmm. but i only knew i didn't know much but i thought he did look down syndrome and so i went home and was up all night crying out to the lord i i felt like i had failed it's such a weird feeling you have a baby and and it's your son right but you feel like you failed you feel like something like maybe you're you being punished for something and you go through the whole night just and i got up in the morning vicky knew something was wrong because i didn't stay i mean i i mean she so i came so i came down to the hospital and the doctor met us and he met with us and explained to us that you know we can't be sure and of course they have to cover their bases but i mean everybody was sure mark was down so we, we mm-hmm. they looked a lot they looked they looked a certain way mm-hmm. and he prayed with us he was a christian doctor and he prayed with us and the genetic specialist came in because he was informed that, yeah, this kid probably has Down syndrome. So a genetic specialist came to us and he really took a lot of pressure off. He just, this is just a kid that needs more love, man. Mm-hmm. He just, you're going to be loving him and he's going to bring you back so much love. And so that guy was good. And then yeah. a, a, a family who had a couple of Downs kids, they came in to tell us, this is the worst day you'll ever have. It's only going to get better from this day. Right. And they were right on the nose because- your acceptance of okay this is this has happened to us this is this is what we've got 
And Vicky immediate, pretty immediately took to loving this little guy. And I went down to the ICU and day after day, I just was mm-hmm. struggling, man. And I put my hand in the little glove in the incubator and I touched him. And every night Mark would stop breathing and they would have to keep him alive. And, and I just, I could, I kept fighting back the guilt of maybe it's better if he doesn't live and the stupid thoughts that come to your mind. And I reached in that glove and threw a latex glove. I touched him one day and I just, I felt just this charge of energy from the Lord. And I said, you're my son. Your name is Mark Stephen Orsillo. And I named him after me. He was junior. I said, I'm giving you my name. That's right. And you're my son. And I, I just, I just fell in love at that moment. And I, that moment, just maybe the second day of his life, I, I was willing to risk loving him and letting him die. I was so afraid to love him because he kept trying to die. And um, I fell in love at that moment. I mean, I just touched him and said, you're my, you're my son. You have my name. I'm giving you my name. And I went in, Vicky said, his name has to be Mark Orsillo. Right. Mark Stephen Orsillo Jr. And, uh, and we just, I mean, it, I, I wish I could say I graduated, but I didn't. Another really important thing was we went home. Finally, we finally went home. Yeah. Family arrived. You know, my parents were already there trying to explain. Well, I don't know if they, everyone says congratulations and you're mm-hmm. not sure you deserve congrats. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yes. But, but no. And you're yes, but no, mm-hmm. you don't know what, you don't know what to do. Right. And my pastor, Joe called from the Oregon coast, him and his family were on the Oregon coast and someone in the church informed him, the Orsolos had a baby that has problems. You know, it's dying in the ICU. Mm-hmm. Keeps, keeps it, they're having to keep it alive in ICU in an incubator. And they, he probably had Down syndrome. So when Joe heard that, I guess Joe had had a niece or something. He called me in those days and I happened to be home, uh, which is not, you know, in those days you have to be home. You have to right. buy the phone to catch somebody. And he, he told he just said, man, I heard your story and I, I can't, God must think so highly of you right. to have given you such a gift. That's right. This is the greatest gift God has given you. And, and I, I didn't know what, but that was, I let those words sink in. Hmm. And honestly, from that moment on, I started going forward. I wish I could say I arrived, but it really took me a month or so. And, and really to really start to believe it was a gift. I knew it was my responsibility. And Vicky and I would get together and we would laugh and we would talk. We'd say things like, well, Nicole, we got Nicole for 18 years, but Mark, we probably have him for a lifetime. We have no idea. <laughs> well, today, today we're celebrating our 39th year. And what we are is never empty nesters. I mean, we mm-hmm. could start a club of never empty nesters. Yeah, but, but, uh, group. There you go. But, you know, all the other, the other ones born after him, you know, none of them had Down syndrome. None of them had birth defects. Everything was cool. And um, uh, I, I need the Bible. Okay. So um, everything was cool, but they're all gone. They all have their children living in their towns and their houses, but Mark is still with us. And quite frankly, I mean, he keeps us even. I, I'd say he keeps me even. Vicky's never, ever struggled with this. Mark won the lottery of motherhood. When, he, when Vicky was his mother, man, she started working with him. She started taking him to infant stimulation centers and, and mm-hmm. early, inter, early childhood intervention. And they teach all kinds of things for Down syndrome muscles. And, and, and Mark's ability to function in this world, you can just give all the credit to Vicky. She really, she really did this. And I, it took me a while to get on board just to be willing to risk 
more and more love for a kid that's going to die any minute. Because mm-hmm. he almost but, did. Yeah, because he, he did. I, I took him to the hospital those first 10 months, 11 months. I took him to the hospital 14 times breathing his last. Right. He, I would tuck him into my coat and drive in the middle of the night, two in the morning. And he'd be breathing. And all of a sudden, he wouldn't breathe for 20 seconds. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm patting him. Breathe, breathe. Mm. And I'd get him to the ICU. And they'd put him in a mist tent. They'd take care of it. He had pneumonia over and over and over until he finally had open-heart surgery, where from that time on, once the open-heart surgery was done, Mark has been the healthy as a horse. Yeah. I say that on this week when he had the flu, but Mark doesn't <laughs> even get the flu very often. You know, in 39 years, he has not had his share of the flu. But uh, this is really rare. Yeah. And so he's coming up tonight on his birthday. And again, we're empty nesters. We have we are part of the extra chromosome love affair. <laughs> what? We're not never, empty never We are empty never empty nesters. Did yeah, I yeah. say never? I, yeah. I might have said it wrong. We're yeah, never we're empty nesters. Never empty nesters. And yeah. we're part of the we're part of the extra chromosome love group. <laughs> what down syndrome is for those that don't know is it's it's the 23rd chromosome in his case 23rd trisomy 23 and it it breaks and creates a, an extra chromosome mm. so they have 49 i think it is and and that that alone just that broken arm acts as its own chromosome That's right and they all look alike they all have so many similar traits it's just it it makes you marvel at the creation of god mm. So is that expounded enough for you or should that, I? No, that's, I think that's, that's great. No, that's perfect. All right, cool. Happy, happy birthday, fun. Mark. Happy birthday to Mark, man. Well, let's, All right. let's uh, dive into our scripts today. We are still in Ephesians on our journey through uh, Paul's uh, letter to the people in Ephesus and yeah. calling them to a new life. And I, I've really been enjoying these episodes, so... Hope you guys listening have been too. So let's uh, go. We're in Ephesians 4, verse 17. I'm going to start there. And if you want to read along with us. Yep. Um, oh, oh, sorry, one second. I lost my scripture. So this I say. There we go. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of god because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart and they having become callous have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness but you did not learn christ in this way if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as is in jesus that in reference to your former life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of the seat, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Hmm. Wow. Is well, that it? That, yeah, we're, we're going to finish there. Christian walk. Okay. He's ready. Yeah, what, what, what do you have to, what, what are your thoughts on that passage, Steve? This is so wildly, brutally clear yeah. and so easily understood and yet so rarely lived by any of us, yeah. including me, you, Vicky, mm-hmm. all of us. What he's saying is it doesn't matter. He's talking to them. You can't mm-hmm. live your Gentile way. Yeah. 
And he's really, Paul the Apostle has a history that he does not live the Jewish way. Hmm. Now, he was so firmly entrenched in the Jewish way that if you, a Jew, did not live by Jew standards, Mm -hmm. he wanted you stoned and killed. Mm -hmm. And he was willing to do the stoning and killing. Now, that's a rare breed. And then he meets Jesus on the road and Jesus talks to him and calls him into ministry and teaches him what he should do. Mm. And he stops living Jewishness. And he tells them just it's, it's what he's saying is you cannot live Gentileness. Wow. I cannot live Jewishness. You cannot live Gentileness. Mm. You, no matter what, where you come from in this world, if you come from humanism, if you come from, worshiping pleasure mm-hmm. hedonism if you are a na- naturalist and worship creationism mm-hmm. if no matter what you worship i don't even care if you worship bibleism you're a you're a word worshiper or mm-hmm. a prosperity worshiper or a faith worshiper he's saying you need to stop right. and be born again to worship jesus and the ways of jesus christ wow it's not a methodology where because of jesus i can be a son of god which allows me to talk to him and get what I want that he's saying, you cannot do that. That is not what he's here for. Jesus is here to take your life and completely cause you to be born again, completely different. You are supposed to give up who you were like my identity. I have found that my identity sometimes is in that. I am a carpenter. Mm. I know that sometimes my identity is that I'm a working man and I Mm. respect working men. So I get my respect, self-respect from being a working man. And I have had to, my body's crumbled. Now what do I, since I no longer can be a working man because of the age, because of the natural order of your tent, just, you know, diminishing. Mm -hmm. I, I, what do I do now? I have no, who am I? Right. Uh, If I'm a basketball player and that's who I am and that's who the crowds cheer for and they shout my name and they call my name. Well, what happens when they stop calling your name? What happens when people stop giving parades and calling out the band because of you being a basketball player? Or I don't care what it is, a piano player, a a, a singer, Mm -hmm. a a preacher of the word. Like if your identity is in preaching the word, the fact that you know so much, you are so wise, then you're doing exactly what Paul is claiming. Now he's putting, he's the, the Gentile methodology that what those people in Ephesus were living was a worship of hedonism it was pleasure it was it was perfection through sexuality mm-hmm. it was God's favoring you because of good things and so he's saying mm-hmm. you have to quit living this idolatry you have to quit living this pleasure palace way you can't become mm-hmm. a Christian and hold on to those things wow. you have to become a Christian and give up those things and I just gave a few examples for me but everyone here Vicky you Luke Kevin mm-hmm. in the background, you could go, oh, yeah. Even in your Christian walk, you tried to hold on to the worship of your other world. Yep. And he's saying you can't do that when you come to Christ. It's abandon all that was who you are. Like, I mean, I've carried this identity and I, it, I didn't even know it till, I, till the economy crashed and I ended up not having a truck. And I literally said the works. Who am I without a truck? what's a carpenter without a truck? And I realized, wow, I, my identity is in being a carpenter. Right. I don't think, I think that Ephesians says that's not okay. My identity must become in Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. And I have found I have found so many places in my life where I have not allowed Jesus to be my identity. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, maybe this podcast is calling you today, whoever you are. Think about it. Who are you? When you gave your life to Jesus, can you still be an insurance salesman? Can you still be a carpenter? Can you still be a cabinet maker? Can wow. you still be an athlete? Of course you can. But it can't, but your identity must be that I am a cabinet maker for Jesus. I'm a carpenter for Jesus. I'm here to worship him and use my talents and use my gifts. And if as long as I get to be a carpenter, that's a praise the Lord. I will be a carpenter for Jesus. Mm-hmm. If I'm there and I'm not building a building for Jesus, then I am influencing everyone building that building with me for Jesus. I am being Jesus cool. to them. Does that make sense? That makes what I've sense. Said? That's what these verses are saying. You cannot, therefore, you cannot continue to be a Gentile. Hmm. You have to stop being a Gentile and start being a Jesus man. Yeah. And, and I found we ignore, we, we love to ignore this, this, this theology of transformation hmm. into the likeness of Christ. He did not be a carpenter. He just happened to use carpentry to get, to get through life till his ministry started. They call him Jesus the carpenter, but he would rather be Jesus the Christ. I would rather be Steve the Christian. That's good. Steve the contractor. I do have to tell people, I just shopping for a tool just now online. And they ask me, who are you? Steve. What's your company? I am Steve the contractor. And it's like, why? To build something for Jesus. You know, <laughs> I want to use I want to use that name, Steve the contractor, mm-hmm. for the glorification of Jesus, because I am Steve the Christian. Mm. Not even Steve the pastor. That is not my identity. I am not the pastor by identity. I am the Christian, the transformed into the image of his son, Christian. And so that's that's what I think about that verse. Well, I think I think it's, it says a Christian's walk, right? Mm-hmm. Four seventeen. So it says. So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord. That means agree, right? Affirm is like yes. agree. Yeah. That you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because the hardness of the heart, they become callous, have given themselves over sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. It's like calling you back to your first love. Mm. You know, when I got saved, I was, um, I was totally born again. I, I was going to the left and then I went to the right. If you, you know, if you will. And, um, everything that was wrong was everything I did was wrong became right. I was keenly aware of my sin and, and the darkness of my heart and the callousness and the sensuality that I, I, I lived in and this world is so mm-hmm. sensual and sensual, not in the sex, just in the sexuality, but the sensualness of just wooing us in every, area of the flesh and today you know 42 almost 43 years later for me it's the sensuality has grown and grown and grown and it's so it used to be so sublime but now it's way overt and it calls you and every day of our life we're like every moment we're we're struck with the um the decisions that we need to to remain with jesus in our first love yeah and i just think this is just because that in reference says um, indeed, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught of in him, just as truth is in Jesus and references to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, 
That means like basically letting it die. My old self, when I think of my old self, I can't even really relate to that person. Can you, Luke? Can you relate to the person? Yeah, we laid it aside, but yet sometimes we really want to pick it back up. Yeah. And it's really, this is such a great scripture. And and what Steve said, this is like, this, if we just live one scripture for the rest of our life about, you know, laying aside your former life and living, living with Christ, Christ, um, in the likeness of God and put, put on the new self, which is the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. I think that's a tall order for the rest of my life. If I just look at this one scripture. That's really good. I was thinking how, you know, being a, an English man in America and there's this tendency that I feel, which is I want to be, I don't want to lay aside my English ways for my right. new environment. And I was thinking about right. how, it's a similar kind of thing where sometimes we get caught up in where we're from or what, you know, what the way yeah. we do things and that idea of trying to help hold on to my Britishness or my Englishness or whatever. And, you know, even for me growing up, like being, I'm born in England, but half my family's from Jamaica. So I was kind of split in two different cultures there. And who am I? Where do I fit in? And I've always had this sort of like thing in, you know, what camp do I belong to? Yeah. And, really this call to lay that aside and say well I actually doesn't matter where what people group I come from it matters who I belong to and you know choosing to belong to Jesus is a it's a different way of thinking and I, I think you you sometimes talk about that like laying aside your nationality and living as somebody from the kingdom as yeah um it's always been a tall order kingdom has to be your nationality yeah. or it has to become your nationality yeah. And I think at the father's house, we are far too much American. We're far too much a, a Canadian and mm-hmm. English. And I think far too much. We are worldly is the yeah. world. That's I'm sorry. Worldly is the word. Mm-hmm. And we are we are citizens of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mistake. And people will all the time. If I preach this, people will all the time say to me, where is that in the Bible? And it's like it's right there. everywhere. <laughs> If you, if you believe the epistles in the New Testament, the whole New Testament is about put on Jesus Christ and become right. a citizen of the kingdom, not a citizen of this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, John the Apostle is hammering on it. Peter is hammering on it. And Paul says it in such lofty, I mean, just that, see, that scripture you just read, the general everyday American person in the street doesn't read that and get that out of it. Hmm. What they do with these verses in Ephesians is they bumper sticker them. Right. They use them for uh, catchphrases and sayings. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to carry the context of the entire thing because it is so rich. Yeah. In in absolute, and it's, it's not partial. It's absolute. You must be born again mm-hmm. to enter the kingdom of heaven. You must put off the old self and put on the armor of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. You must put on we're going to get to that if we keep going in ephesians put on jesus yeah and everybody i mean people come up with all kinds of different ways to put on the army of god <laughs> it's put on jesus that means when people look at you they see his righteousness yeah. they see his salvation on your head don't get they the game don't get the game head. away steve yeah i want to save it we got to save it for next time <laughs> yeah but i'm just telling you that's what this verse is about yes. followed by the armor of god which is yeah. the explanation of what he just said and what i started with it yeah. couldn't be more clear. 
Why are we so confused? Mm-hmm. When someone tells us we have to take off our worldly ways to be Christian, he goes on to talk about people who live like this and keep their old ways can't make it to heaven. Right. Right. He's going to say that again. We're going to talk about it again when we get yep. there. It's so clear. Do not be ignorant, he says. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a life and death matter. Mm-hmm. To and I have to not be American. I have to. I have to not be Gentile. Mm -hmm. I have to not follow the worship of my world, which is comfort, money, success, possession. Mm -hmm. I have to. I caught myself the other day saying my house again. And I'm trying so hard not to say my house because that's a worldly thing to say. Mm -hmm. The house that I possess is the house, the house that he puts in my hands. Mm -hmm. I guess it would be all right to call it my house, but I'm trying to get out of that habit. So I don't do it in my whole world. My truck. My ha- my house, my food, my food, mm. uh, my life, my, my, kid, mo- my, kids, my money, my money, you know? yeah. my kids. We worship success and and we worship position. You know, like mm-hmm. someone will say, "What do you, what what should we call you, Pastor Steve or Pastor or His Most Excellence or mm-hmm. you know you know the highly exalted, the most oh, favored." Boy. You know, they just go into all of these things, and the people have all different kinds of things they call men who preach. And I said, "Call me Steve." Mm-hmm. I'm trying so hard not to become something special. And every ounce of my being wants that kind of honor. And I don't really, I don't really want to get it in my head. And then when they say, well, I have to call you Pastor Steve, I said, you are welcome to, Mm. you're welcome to call me whatever you need to call me. But I need to make sure that you understand that the calling to the ministry is a calling to serve, not a calling to a high, a high place of honor. It's not even a calling to a name, a, a title. It's, you know, a calling to, so pastoring, for instance, is giving your life into pastoring. It's not yeah. pastoring, putting, put on you as a robe and a hat. No, I guess we're going to talk about that too, huh? So I've kind of blown, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> You're of, fine. You're good. Well, a, I was one thinking, verse, yeah. one verse, I mean, this set of verses yep. and last week's set of verses, yep. this is what they're talking about. Right. Quit being who you used to be, be transformed. Let yep. Jesus change you. And I, I look at my life. Almost always, I have to look at a Down syndrome boy in an incubator hmm. before I really know how corrupt I am. Right. All I cared about, I'm going to just tell you guys, I'm going to confess. All I cared about is how this looked to me. Uh, it looked like God cursed me. Yeah. It looked like I failed. I'm a perf- I mean, this was all I cared about. You know, I was so, every reaction to my son being born looking like he did, like he had all these Down syndrome traits, mm-hmm. was what did, how does that make me look out there? What, you know, Yeah. what are people going to think of me? God has cursed you. Mm-hmm. And all I could think about, man, until my hand went in that egg incubator and said, Whoa. And then I started uphill, but I still couldn't get there until my pastor said, man, this proved God's like, God likes you. Yeah. Well, even that fed into my, Oh, so people are going to think God likes me <laughs> because I have a dad. He gave me a yeah. special gift. Right. But I still couldn't see it that way. Even though he said it, I was still struggling. Mm. And and somewhere along the line, I think one night I was sitting in his bedroom. He was done dying. He'd had his heart surgery. He was healthy. And I realized, man, I am such a different man. I am so much of a better man because this baby was born to me. Mm. And it took having this baby for me to realize how corrupt I was, how my brain had not been born again. Yeah. 
And so as I was looking at it, thinking, I have come so far to being born again, to putting off the old man, to turning aside from my Gentileness, turning aside from my uh, alpha male, turning aside from my, I'm the leader everywhere I go. I'm the foreman on every job. And being the youth pastor at the time, I'm the pastor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm putting all that off. This little boy did more in two months, three months for me than all the other things God had done. And I no longer looked at it as a curse, but wow, it's a blessing. And I would hold his hand and I would weep and cry. Did this have to happen for me to become the man you wanted me to be? I look at the, you know, I think I look at myself and I don't know anyone like me. I preached on a Sunday that I struggled this in my head. I knew I'm so weird. I'm so Mm -hmm. odd. And I was, it was so hard for me to be this weird and that odd, try to fit in, try to be like them. But I'm so weird. And uh, it was, it was this little boy that made me start to look at that and say, well, that's God's gift to me. Being weird is God's gift to me. I can either use it to destroy my life and his, or I can use it to win and my ability to put off the old man. And it started that little boy brought it out. That little downs boy being born to me brought it out Mm. and really focused me on, I need to change, man. And I held his little hand and he's got a simian crease in his hand, which is hard for me. I can't describe on audio, but it goes straight across and it's Mm -hmm. just like a monkey. So they call Mm -hmm. it a simian crease. The simian uh, breeds have a single line Mm -hmm. and a downs person will, will often have a single line across their hand. They're very simian in nature. And the, um, and I would hold his hand and look at his little curl, his little fingers curled. And it's what, these are all traits of down syndrome. And I would hold his hand and rub it while he slept because he slept like a rock. Hmm. You couldn't wake him up no matter what you could do. You could play rock music in there and he wouldn't wake up. And yeah, I just rubbed his hand and I prayed for him and I lo- and I thanked the Lord for him. And he was only a few months old, maybe maybe a year. And um, maybe he was done with this. Well, he was done. So it may be two years. And I would just say, Lord, I, I feel so bad hmm. that to become, because I have come so far since he's born. And did you really have to do this to him? to save me and the lord really laid it on my heart that he didn't do anything to him he gave him the greatest gift in in the ability to love and be loved mm-hmm. and I've, i got to tell you we're at 39 years today from that day and we have received more love from our son we get more love from the 39 year old mm-hmm. than anybody else gets from any age mm-hmm. and and we receive love from this child and he gives love out in our church he just loves so well he does and and i'm sitting there saying you did this to him Hmm. wrong thinking man mark's more like jesus than all of us put together yeah and and uh just you didn't do it to him you gave it to him to help me be a better man so therefore you gave it to me so that i wouldn't be who i used to be the arrogant jerk who everything was about me even my son being born was all about me Mm-hmm. and now it's not now it's just follow this boy through life and just let him be the angel sent from god this morning he told me dad i'm preaching sunday <laughs> i said what i said you mean you want to get up and say happy birthday to you and he goes no i'm speaking i'm gonna do it you do you know what you do with the bible yeah i'm doing it sunday <laughs> i'm gonna do it sunday i'm the pastor sunday oh boy and i said oh no <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. But then, but then he told me today, um, as I talked to him, he said, uh, can we stay an extra day in Reno? Because he was supposed to come yesterday, Wednesday, which was by the time you hear this, it'll be next Monday. But mm-hmm. he was, he missed one of his days because he was sick. So I guess he didn't take it that seriously about preaching because he went in his church on Sunday. So <laughs> there you go. The simplicity of Mark. Oh, I didn't yeah. understand why she was telling that. But yeah, he was. He yeah. told her that and me and two <laughs> preachers. So I guess he wants uh, to do Zoom preaching. I don't know. Well, you know, as you were sharing all this, I was thinking back to the the episode a couple of weeks ago now about, uh, we talked about the conversion story, right? So Paul said, you know, concerning my conversion now this and i think this is he's still building on that same argument which is right. now that i've seen the lord now that i've met him everything's different you'll be right? born again yeah yeah he said consider the story i told you about my yep. conversion yeah and compare it to your conversion yeah and you should be different too yeah and we should all be changing regularly continually and i want it to be like the road to damascus where a light flashes a voice speaks and i'm a totally i'm that's mm-hmm. it done you know the the turkey's done ready <laughs> you know yeah. we don't have to keep watching it cook or the the cake is right. risen i don't care what how you know dough is right. risen however you want to say it <laughs> you have that experience and hey i'm born again yeah that's ready but i think but now i believe in you know sanctification mm-hmm. through a lifetime of experiences and decision making and paul says consider my conversion mm-hmm. and then look at your conversion that's good and then you know the other p- piece of the puzzle being this that sometimes um people get caught up in their own healing for the sake of their own healing but paul also puts in in these passages how the the conversion and transformation is then for the purpose of service and, and good works and things that he's prepared for us right it's not just the jesus set me free so i can have a great life it's jesus set me free and now I get to partner with him in service and new life. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. That he would, he would use us as always, you know, we talked about it last time. I think that he, he would choose to use us always as such an amazing service. privilege, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a service. Beyond imagination. Yeah. Why he, could, why he would pick such broken vessels. And when I tell you that I feel so weird, I feel so inept. Why would he use me? Mm-hmm. And then he lets me know that I made you this weird. I made you this odd. And I want to use this for for my glory, for my kingdom. And will you let me? Will you surrender your weirdness to me so that I can keep you from hurting people with it and help you help people with it so I can quit, help you quit, you know, sending people away Mm -hmm. and start drawing people in. It's good. That's really good. And I say, yes, Lord, I surrender. And I'm so sorry for where I keep taking back rent the right keep grabbing the reins I keep knocking you back in the wagon i try to drive the, i try to drive the team <laughs> sunday sunday at church when he, he stood up in a church and said i i just gotta tell everybody i'm weird i just was like that was probably the best day of my life yeah. you know where he finally admitted he's weird yeah and but is the but the, the sermon was so good is that are we we all feel kind of weird mm-hmm. and i know that i do and it's like are we going to let the former life of our weirdness going on with Ephesians 7, four seventeen is like, are we going to let our, our weirdness just handicap us? Hmm. Or are we going to let we like Mark and let our, our handicap just bless people hmm. and work yeah. on the best part of our weirdness and not the worst part. That's and right I think here. that's where you lay, you lay down your uh, former life. And the truth is he does save us when we're incredibly weird and broken, but there's gifts, giftings in each one that make us incredibly unique. 
Yeah. So yeah. what are we going to do with that? Are we going to say, well, I'm just weird and, you know, basically I don't really care about you and I'm going to mm -hmm. be me? Or are you going to let the Lord hone the negative side of that and really work on the positive side? And I think that's really important that laying down the former the way we lived, you know, is, is so important to continually do that. Um, but understanding and love yourself that you are weird. Mm -hmm. You know, each one of us are necessary and I'm incredibly weird. And I just thank the Lord all the time that he actually let me be me at the father's house. I think that's the best part of the father's house for me is that I can be me, which allows other people to be them, yeah. but not just deferring to my negative traits in my former life, yeah. but always working on my salvation with fear and trembling. I remember where I came from. That's really good. One one last kind of question, I guess, for us to think about before we bring it to a close is, um, you know, at the end of this passage, Paul says, uh, or let's go from verse uh, 22, he says, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likes of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. What um you know it, it he makes it sound very straightforward and, and obvious right and it, it is pretty cut and dry you put off the old and put on the new but for many people as you were saying this it's a process of sanctification sometimes rather than like a you know oh i just put it down and now i put this on and i'm good so what what do you you know what what can somebody do who recognizes, you know, I'm still maybe living as a Gentile or I'm still living as a this, like so I'm still holding on to my former ways. How can they start to step towards this new self and laying down? Number one, number one, you have to admit it. Yeah. You have to recognize and admit it. Then you have to decide whether you want it or you want to get rid of it. Wow. You have, so you recognize, oh man. So you know, using my own story tiresomely for some people, but mm -hmm. my son's sitting there and all I can think about is me. He's struggling mm -hmm. for life and dying. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I want to pray for him to live because of what the trouble is to have that kind of kid. And I mean, every thought in me is, and I'm five years into my Christianity, maybe six by that time. And he's, oh, I was older than that. It's nine, eight, nine years. Anyway, I am a pastor mm -hmm. thinking like that. And I have to go, oh, wait a minute. This was completely selfish. I don't, and you have to admit it, that was totally wrong. My mm -hmm. thinking is not justified by my shock. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a shocking day, mm -hmm. but it's not justified by the shock. It's not justified. I don't have a right to think this way. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, it. no, I'm wrong. And then say, Lord, is there, can you even love someone this selfish? Can you even, can you forgive me? Mm -hmm. And can you, and, and here's the thing. I'm, self, I'm selfish to the core, selfish to the core. Mm -hmm. Can you change me? I teach everybody that you can change them. I've even told people I'm born again, that I've been changed. But this boy brought out what it revealed was this ugliness. Hmm. Can you change me? And I have to tell you, 39 years of helping this guy with his bathroom habits and helping him eat. and Vicky teaching him how to walk and teaching him how to keep his tongue in his mouth. And how does Vicky taught him how to talk? And he talks very well. And all of the effort we put into this boy was out of sheer love. And it's just using that example of you have to come to a revelation of, man, I am, I'm a creep. 
I have such incredible ability to be selfless, but I also have this incredible ability to be selfish. And selfish is not love. Hmm. Selfless is love. And God was so selfless that he became flesh, dwelt among us, died on a cross, rose again and conquered death for us. And our, our result of believing that is that we, we don't even really pray for our son to live because of how hard it's going to be to you for me and how it's going to look to me. And it's just like, what a creep, what a jerk. Can you, I don't want to be, I don't, but then you have to, then after realizing that you have to, say, you have to decide, do I want to be that way? Mm-hmm. Well, when it, everybody can say they wouldn't want to be that way. And that's an mm-hmm. easy story to say, I want to change. But you think in your brain, the lust of our flesh, Paul's talking to a group of people that worship hedonism. And what he's fighting against in these letters is a thing called Gnosticism. Mm -hmm. People coming up with a special knowing. I heard someone who used to be a pastor say the other day that once they had a child, they said, I could never send my child to hell. So I know God can't send me to hell. So regardless of what the Bible says, regardless of what God said, I'm going to have a, I have special knowledge that a father would never do that. Wow. Well, they made a whole new religion out of what their special knowledge is. Hmm. They decided to make God worldly. And I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to change because of their opinion. It's going to be what he says it's going to be. And I'm like, I want to conform to your image, not mine. Hmm. I want to conform to your image, not the world's. And I think these, you know, I use my stories. Everyone has their story. And I've got a million more about where I had revelation that I just don't measure up. Hmm. Well, I have to realize it. I have to recognize it. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to, I don't want women that come around me to be in danger of my Mm -hmm. thoughts, violating them. I want to control that. So how do I do that? I recognize, wow, this is weird. I got a, I got a problem. Hmm. And then I got to start fighting it. I say, well, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. And so then I have to go to the Lord. Will you help me? Well, the number one thing that helped me was to start bringing it to the light and mm. deciding I don't want to be that. And I have to say no. That's good. And I'm not going to be worldly. I am not going to be a citizen of this world who says it's normal. It's natural. It's okay. You can't stop those thoughts. No, no. With the Lord, I need to be different. That's a former self. I need to be different. Mm. I can't let I can't say it's okay to be Jesus covers it all. It's okay to be me. See, that's special knowledge. That's Gnosticism that Paul is fighting. That's what he's arguing against. Them saying that my body does all these things. It doesn't affect me because of the blood of Jesus, you know? Yeah. Because Jesus covered me. And so that's really what he's fighting when he's saying this is people want to be worldly and fleshly Mm -hmm. and yet still claim to be spiritual. I'm a spiritual man. Yeah. Well, that that should show in your fruit then. Right. And your fruit should be that you resist evil and evil flees from you. And you change continually. You recognize it, you decide you don't want it, and you pray for help getting rid of it. Hmm. That's good. Vicky, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I think it's great. I think it's a great for us, you know, it's it's we've we've kind of gone on and on about our son because it's a very pivotal day. I, I woke up today and I just was like, you know, what we thought was one of the worst days of our lives. Um, that somehow we, you know, we were punished to become the best of our life. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the former self really does uh, enter in. And I just don't want the former self to have so much uh, 
ability to corrupt me. And I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to be callous to the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to think I arrived. I haven't arrived. And yeah. I think a lot of times in Christianity, we feel like we've arrived. We ain't arrived. I mean, yeah, I've walked a long way, but mm-hmm. I think we need to go further up and farther in to, to we, that we might attain eternal life. And I just, today, if you're out there and you just feel like Christianity is really not working for you and it's, it's, you're really not changing. And you think that because you said a prayer X amount of years ago that you've attained, I think you need to go back and read the gospels again in context and just, and just, if you're not growing, you're, you're regressing. If you're not walking up a stream or stream or a river, the river's take it is taking you downstream. It's a, it's a walk. Christianity. We told our cousin the other day, Christianity is not for wimps. And so work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's what I, I really feel like that's really important to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So that's what I got. That's really good. Just to, you know, bring us to, to a close. If, again, if, if you're listening today and you recognize, you know, I still have some Gentile ways in me or some of my old ways in me, just take, take that time, as Steve said, and, and bring it before the Lord and confess it and repent and ask him to begin to change you. And, you know, if there are people, if you need help, talk to pastors, leaders in your life that can give you advice and wisdom on how to get there. But don't try okay. to, don't stay where you're at. Do something to move out of this and into, into this new life, this this new self that's in his likeness. And let's live, yeah. let's live that out and be a light to the world around us. So thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Steve and Vicky, for coming in in the middle of your vacation to share with us. And of course, we will see you next time. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.